How's it going? Little, little more ease. Little fewer moments of struggle and a few more moments of dropping in. Maybe. I see some nodding, so that's good. That is how the shift of momentum works. We apply the effort. We're slowly moving the cruise ship, you know, or whatever, into its new, to its new path. Its new. And the momentum of mindfulness, um, like, builds on itself. So we can, as the retreat goes on, we find more moments of this effortless effort of where the practice is doing itself, you know? We just find that, oh, wow, I haven't been lost in thought for five seconds. Wow, awesome. (laughs) As opposed to one second or whatever it was before. It's good to notice our progress as a way of refreshing our faith, confidence, and, and effort that comes from faith and confidence. Okay, so today, this afternoon, we're going to delve a little bit more into Vipassana, what Dave started this morning, this, uh, what we've been doing all along, really, but with a little bit more um, intention of uh, discovery, of curiosity and in the mindful mind that is observing phenomena mind body, as mind-body process which is wise view in the, attitude, in the attitude how we are observing. We are observing things changing, the constructedness of things, the anatta, the dukkha of things, whatever that is. <laughs> and we are, um, we are um, learning as we watch. And so this is vipassana. This is the mindfulness with the intention to Observe and understand uh, through, uh, through observation, through direct observation. The other um, intention that we have and may emphasize in the early days of a retreat is, is samadhi emphasis, the, the emphasis on collecting our attention in the here and now so that it's calming the mind, so that we can... Um, you know, have a more stable attention with which to observe. We can observe more the more moments we're present, strung together, right? But even just little drops of, of present time awareness, you're seeing things happening, you're seeing the objects, that is learning, you're observing, you're learning about the nature of those objects automatically as you observe them. But so we can we can actually step up the intention of curiosity and investigation. And that's really the sort of the definition of Vipassana meditation. It's the two, you know, the two um, first factors of awakening that I sometimes talk about together. There's mindfulness and Dhamma Vichaya, translated often as investigation or discerning wisdom. That, in some suttas, is pointed to, that second uh, factor of awakening is pointed to as uh, the most important in some teachings. The sword, that all the other six factors uh, are supporting, holding, guiding. The sword of insight. We need to have that investigative quality 
of mind as we are observing. You know, we're not just zoning out in being present. We are curious and interested in what we're seeing. What is this? And it really works best. The learning happens. The and you know the and the the insights happen more frequently and easily when we have that wise attitude um, that the Zen folks call beginner's mind, which means we set aside what we think we know about what we're seeing, and we try to see it fresh. What is it right now? Even in this brief snapshot of what we can see, maybe it's just a moment of mindfulness, we can gather a whole lot of information, and we don't have to try. Awareness knows. It's just doing it. So, but it, it's helpful to be looking in this way. What is this, anyway? If we're looking at it through the filter, through Dave's sunglasses of, you know, the know-it-all mind, I've got this covered, my assumptions, I know what this is. I know what breathing is. I know what sound and hearing is. I know what seeing is. I know what a tree is. I know what... Fear is it's something I don't want. That's what I know about it. That's all I need to know about it. There's this dismissive, skid, skidding quality to the mind that thinks it knows. And it's a filter that we have between us and the object, between us, awareness, and the object that gets in the way of clearly apprehending it, Dhamma Vichaya. Apprehending it completely so that we have an insight, our, we, our, our wrong views about it are dispelled, we, we have a correct view about it, and the wrong views, I'll give an example of this, but the wrong views are dispelled along with all of the defilements that come from wrong view, all of the greed and hatred and delusion and difficulty and suffering. Poof. Self-liberates. When we replace wrong view, with right view, incorrect view, incomplete view, unwise view, with the more complete view. And so that process is really supported by a mind with right view in it, beginner's mind. I don't know anything about this. I'm seeing it fresh. What is this? I use that phrase quite a lot internally. Okay, what am I aware of? Sounds. What is this? Oh, there's the sounds. And then there's my mind identifying the sound. Oh, I can see that too. And then there's, I, I don't like this sound. I don't want this sound. Or this sound is pleasant. You know, each, each experience can be deconstructed, right? It's not just the birds singing. It's like this process of hearing that is both Sense door related, physical has to do with the bio, you know, the physicality of the ears, and then the mind processing, and we can be aware of all that and how it's conditioned. It's each bit conditions the other. You know, each it's cause and effect, like a chain of cause and effect, and there are all these conditions that come in to create the next one down the line. So we can observe all of that, and it is only awareness that can see that fully. That's why we're just trying to get here and be aware, and not worry about the rest. The rest was taken care of, because awareness is frickin' magic. So we can take refuge, you know, we can 
really enjoy that and take refuge in that. Learning is happening, the observation is happening. I wanted to finish, I, I didn't quite um, finish developing my, my story about a, 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 right, a wrong and incomplete view being recognized and replaced by a complete view last night with the traffic story because I just, I stuck it in there because I know some of you have heard that like 3,000 times. So I sort of rushed through it. But what I wanted to point out and finish saying about it, and just to, to revisit again, is that you can start anywhere. You can start with whatever is happening in this moment right now, and it will lead you to what you need to know to f- be free, to free yourself, to, for freedom to occur. <laughs> it, will re- it will eventually lead you, no matter where you start, it will eventually lead you to the incorrect views and assumptions, background assumptions, that are running the whole defilement sh- show. And so the engine, I sometimes call, wrong view, the engine underneath the proliferating mind and the challenging emotions. So in that case, I just, I, this is, again, I may have said this last night, I'm not sure, why I feel like the first truth of dukkha is an invitation to start with dukkha. <laughs> it's easy to train yourself to recognize when you're suffering. It's like you start to just recognize the hallmarks of the dukkha, the body sensations of contraction, the mental yuckiness. It's either intense or subtle. There might be some emotions there, but that's all, you know, that's all mixed up in the dukkha, right? It's like I just there's this sense of contractedness Tanasaro Bhikkhu Tanjeff calls it stress. He translates that word dukkha as stress. There's like tightness, heaviness, yuck. You wake up in the morning, I feel yuck. What is this yuck? So we start Vipassana with it. Start wherever you are, start with the dukkha. Turn toward it, and it's this shift, this all-important shift to turn toward the experience of dukkha with the curious, receptive, open awareness, what is this? What's going on here? And then let it show itself in your direct observation. It's not an invitation to analyze it and to think about all the possible causes and conditions that come from your history and whatnot. It is your watch, you're observing, you're going in, and you're going, what is this? Show me. Show me what you are. What's up with you? What are you made of? And all the bits and pieces of its construction will come through. If you have that beginner's mind attitude of curiosity, and all of the seven factors of awakening are there together, you'll have a moment of insight. If the seven factors of awakening are there and balanced, that is the condition for an insight, that penetrative seeing. Like suddenly, all of a sudden, what came up into awareness was this view. I am not traffic. They're traffic and they're in my way. Traffic is an obstacle in my way. And that um, in that moment of insight, there is the seeing of the wrong, the seeing of the view, the knowledge that it is proliferating that dukkha that you just felt into, the mental contraction, the feelings of frustration, and this is the source of it. This is, this is the wisdom knowing all this. It's apparent when you see it. And then um, 
So this is a non-thinking, this is an intuitive process. It is not a thinking through of. This all happens in one second. All of this, all of this stuff reveals itself. And so there's that, there's the, the, the view that is proliferating all of the defilements and the dukkha. Then there is the simultaneous recognition that the view is wrong, incorrect and incomplete. There's the presence of the right view, which is... Uh, traffic is a big, huge system of objects, cars, people driving cars, roads, traffic signals, uh, weather conditions, and an immense system of inter- interconnecting conditions of which me and my little car am just one small part. One small part. And the wrong view is that because I think that I'm the center of the universe, because that's what the self-image feels like. I constructed this view where my desires are the most important thing, and I somehow ignore the vastness of the system, the network, the interconnecting network of all these conditions that I am just a part of, right? So, God, it takes me like five minutes to describe what happens in a second of this penetrative insight. All of that becomes clear, and then it... The, the wrong view, and it's all of its dukkha, self-liberate, disappear. And the right view, with all of its outflow, the, the qualities of the heart, and recognition, knowing, discernment, dhamma-vichaya, discerning wisdom, amusement in my case, because the view was so wrong and silly. It's like the, there's that quality of amusement to it. And, and, and fu- it's like the, this, yeah, the funniness of the surreal, you know, anyway. And so, um, and then, then this joy and appreciation for the practice and for our capacity, every single human being's capacity to s- get that sort of discerning was a cut through just by the willingness to be present with our dukkha and to have trained to be able to do it skillfully. And I'll point out that since that, that particular insight happened in my car while I was driving, there wasn't a whole lot of samadhi there in terms of that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, there wasn't any jhana, any like really deep state of concentration. But there was the seven factors of awakening in a moment, and that's all we need. And those things, you know, really are naturally there, we train in them, you know, the, in, in mindfulness. To, so I, you know, at that point in my practice, I knew what mindfulness was. I knew how to turn towards something. I knew how to sink into it, how to let it come forward. I had been learning from my teacher, Utejaniya, how to have this curious, open attitude, this what is this welcoming attitude, the relaxation of mind. I'm not looking for anything particular. I don't know what I'm going to see. I'm setting aside what I think I know, and I'm just like, yeah, what is this, Dukkha, that I'm so, I, you know, it's like all of those factors together, the willingness, the effort, the energy, the interest, the calmness of like, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. There you go. Insight occurs, and you can't really make it happen. It happens when the factors are all there. So what we can do is cultivate the curious open attitude. We can practice setting aside what we think we know, cultivating beginner's mind. 
It's like, what if I didn't know what a breath was? What if I didn't know what pain was? What if I didn't give in to and cling to what my mind tells me pain is? It's something I don't want. It could mean something really bad. It is demanding that I get up out of here right now and fix it. It's creating craving, you know. It's like, what if I just notice that's going on as a part of the mental part of pain and look at the, the actual physical sensation, see what they are, see if they're changing, get closer in. What is pain? What is knee pain? What is an emotion? We can do this with any emotion. We can say, well, what is fear, anger? We can recognize an emotion is happening and we can observe it with this curious awareness. I use my body as a base of operations quite frequently. I go first to my body, first to my body with the question, where do I feel this in my body? And that gets me out of clinging to what my mind is thinking about it. From that vantage point of I'm feeling anger and I'm feeling burning heat in my chest. I'm feeling this pressure, the contraction of anger. I mean, there's, you don't have to have the narration, right? You, you don't. You're just awareness is seeing these things. And then from this vantage point, I might see my mind going, I don't like this. I don't want this. my mind might start making up some revenge fantasy story type narrations. There's thoughts. In other words, there's thoughts. Every emotion can be deconstructed into its component parts. It deconstructs itself for you as you watch. And so I'm going to offer this as a self-realized observation that you will have to see if it's true for yourself. Maybe you already do know. Any, any emotion, no matter what it is, has three basic components. Two, really. Sensations in the body and thoughts in the mind. Okay? That's it. Then of the thoughts, there are two basic kinds of thoughts. There's the talking thoughts that you can hear yourself talk. Why, I, yada. Get that guy. And then the narration thoughts where the movie of your revenge unspools before you're on the, on the drive-in movie theater of your mind. Movie screen of your mind. And then there's the, the audio track. <laughs> and so, to the moon, Alice. Yeah. We're the same generation. So, um... You know, you can, so then it's like, oh, it's just anger. And it's just anger sensations in the body that are unpleasant and uncomfortable. But I can endure from the perspective of of awareness. And I can see that they're changing and they don't last forever. And then there's these perhaps more problematic thoughts. To disidentify from the thoughts is quite a trick. So practically what happens when we practice Vipassana with emotions is we get swept up and then we wake up. So every moment you wake up, and this is your instruction, finally got around to it, (laughs) your instruction for the afternoon. (laughs) 
is to, every time you wake up from being swept up in the experience, whatever it is, whether it's a narration, thoughts, planning, revenge fantasies, you know, revisiting the past, or just random discursive whatnot. Every moment you wake up and you're back in the present, practice beginner's mind, curiosity, vipassana in that moment. What's here? What can I see? Sink your attention into your body. What's going on here? In this moment, having just awoken from being lost in thought, you might see the residue of what was happening while you were lost in thought. You might see the tail end of that. You might see any kind of emotional stuff going on with that storyline. You might see what's driving that storyline, the engine underneath. What is being wanted? What do you want? There's this, your mind is going off because it's, it's trying to do something, get something, accomplish something, or get away from something. There's something being wanted, right? You can maybe sink down into that moment of waking up, and it, it might appear just there. It's like, oh, I want, we were talking about this in the group the other day, I, I'm, I want um, to be entertained or stimulation. Because just being with my breathing is boring. You know? So my mind goes off. Or the mind goes off because there's something I'm trying to, you know, some painful emotion that I'm avoiding. Or who knows what's there? You look and see what's there. There might be some common commonalities, like is there tightness or relaxation when you wake up? You know? And then there might be some specific things, and there might be some themes, you know. So we're going to look and see what's there in the moment of waking up and practice Vipassana there, and in all moments that we're awake. What is this? What am I aware of? And as you watch it, let it reveal its nature, its constructed and permanent nature, whatever you see, whatever you see. We're not looking for anything in particular. We're just going to look and see. Now, I'm, I'm talking longer than we usually do in this time, but I only get one today, so <laughs> please forgive me. I just want to wrap up by saying that the thing about that self-liberation of the wrong view and its proliferating defilements replaced by the right view or wise view and its proliferating heart qualities in that moment of traffic insight, it wasn't just a one and done. But that one changed my relationship to traffic from then on. So it didn't mean that the habit of viewing traffic that way wasn't going to persist. It did. But I would wake up sooner. It's like, oh yeah, I'm frustrated. And then boom, boom, boom. Remember that? Remember? Remember? Oh yeah, you're looking at it wrongly. The, the mind just tumbles into remembering its insight. That's like wisdom, you know, the accumulation of wisdom that we are acquiring in this path, which is sometimes called purification of mind. So I, I stay stuck in the defiled state of mind, the contractedness, the difficult emotions, less long. I remember what the, 
what was revealed, that, that, that perspective shift that changed everything, and it automatically changes how I relate to this moment of traffic. And so this is how we get freer and freer and more and more at ease as we go along in this path. So it's not like we have this, these penetrative insights and then that's it, we forget about them. We don't forget. We maybe temporarily forget. But then we remember again, just like the practice. We forget to be present and then we remember again. We will remember. It's in there. Okay. Okay, so let's practice. Want to do what Dave is doing? Shake a little, change your posture. Hmm. So, even though I just talked for a half an hour, the practice is very simple. What am I aware of? What is this? See what you see. Set aside what you think you know. Set aside looking for anything in particular, expectation. And just watch. Lose awareness, come back. What am I aware of? Very simple. Letting the bell help to release the words and the thinking and the concepts and maybe come into your bodily experience, your sense experience right now. And it might be fun to um, do a little bit of looking for the good or metta practice to uh, stabilize your attention, to bring that sense of warmth and metta, goodwill, friendliness that Dave mentioned this morning. Bring some ease to the body and mind. Does your body feel good? Allowing yourself to enjoy some pleasant sense, experience, sounds, or breathing, or pleasant sensations. 
or the pleasantness of using a meta phrase or a meta intention. May I be well, may beings be well and happy. Or some gratitude. Each sit is an adventure of seeing fresh for the first time almost. It is for the first time because every moment is absolutely unique, never happened before. And so if you feel tired and dull after lunch, Completely understandable. See what you can do to bring more energy and interest into your systems. Into your attention by taking some deep breaths. What am I going to see this time that I've never seen before? Not this way, not this moment. And in your moments of awareness, what are you aware of? What object are you aware of? What sense object or mind object? It's maybe more easy to start with body objects, sound, body sensations tastes, smells. In which you're aware of the object and and then ask, what is this? And watch it be, watch it change. Watch it closely. heard it said that to give something our full attention is to give it our love. So give this set of sensations or the process of hearing your full attention, friendly, curious, receptive.
We're really just resting in awareness, moment by moment, with curiosity in it. So we don't need to push to see anything. It's more like we're receiving the information. Settle back and observe. You might see this shivery sense of the mind going, wanting to answer that question, what is this? Or the mind saying, how should I look? How should I be? How should I be aware so that I can see? So I can see. You just know that as this sort of restlessness, wanting in the mind. Dear thing, dear friend. It's okay. It's okay, but we're not going to let it sweep us away. What is this? And turn to look at the phenomenon itself, not what the mind is thinking about it, making of it. time you wake up from having been swept away, immediately look and see what you can see. What's here? Are there any emotions here? my body feel in this moment of waking up? So then you can just stay continuing to observe in this area that you found when you've woken up, this object or set of objects. Or you can shift to something else, sound, or, you know, if what's going on there sort of dies away and releases your attention, you can just let it go to something else. What am I aware of? Show me your nature, whatever it is I'm watching.
You sense an emotion is present and you recognize the emotion. You don't need to name it specifically unless that comes easily. But when you recognize an emotion is present, see where you feel this emotion in your body. If you feel it in your body, where and sense those sensations. Maybe the emotion slips away, drifts away. If it comes up again, find it in your body again. You don't need to look for, but there might be glimpses of the narratives, the stories, the different thoughts, the talking thoughts, the movie thoughts. no end to this exploration. There is no bottom to it. There is no solution. And we can just relax and observe and see whatever you see. There's no right answer. to keep it simple is to just practice with whatever is presenting itself right now. What's here? 
Sleepiness, what is sleepiness? Where do I feel sleepiness in my body? Is there a mental component to sleepiness? What's here is anxiety or restlessness. What's here? What is this? What is this? Where do I feel it? Whatever is here, I want to learn about you. Your attention has wandered. Refresh your attention. And in the moment of waking up, see what's here. Can you catch a glimpse of whatever is being wanted behind that thought? 
am I longing for, wanting or not wanting? Anything? And just let your gut answer. Maybe it's quiet, and that's fine.
see if you can find, coming to the end of this practice time, something pleasant, enjoyable, grounding, centering good in your experience right now. Find that and take it in. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.